gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Hi, I'm Mercedes, and this week we're talking about a movie celebrating its 15th anniversary this month, Knocked Up. Knocked Up! I'm so excited, but of yes. course, Mercedes, before we start, we have to talk about our celebrity crush of the week. Who are you crushing on this week? Oh my goodness, Kendra. So no surprise here. Harry Styles released his new album, Harry's House, a couple weeks ago. So he is my crush. It is so good. I'm so happy for him. And I'm just so happy that every new song he releases, I love. Daylight on the album is my favorite one. I want to live inside of it. I like twirl down the street listening (laughs) to it. It's just, I'm just so happy. It's like the most cohesive album he's made. And I just, I love the growth. Okay, Mercedes, you have to you have to tell us and be honest. How many times have you listened to it since it's since it's come out? I don't even know. It came out <laughs> the day of my two years late belated graduation for my master's. Mm-hmm. So that whole morning, I was listening to it, and like the whole time I was in New York, I was just listening to it, skipping down the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, congrats on that, Mercedes. You graduated your master's. Look at you, little boss lady. Thank I you. See you. <laughs> Class of twenty twenty finally had a ceremony. It's fun <laughs> to celebrate. Two years later, no, you look yeah. great. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, okay, so I was flipping through the channels as I do, and I was watching Deepwater Horizon, and Dylan O'Brien just has like such a small role in it. But I just, oh, I just love him. I just, yes. I feel like I went on a Dob kick, and I'm just like, I, I've seen all of his movies, and I have to tell you, I feel like I'm really good at telling when actors are about to pop off because when I saw him in Teen Wolf, I was like, he's talented. He has style Stalinsky. Style <laughs> Stalinsky. And look at him now. Like he, yeah, he's like number one heartthrob in all movies. So keep an uh, eye out for him in LA because he tweeted recently that he's in his slut era. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in New York though. Does he? I think uh, he was filming there. I don't know if he lives there. Okay. I saw a TikTok about how he went to the post office and he didn't know how to mail something. So he asked this girl to help him. And this was in New York City. And she took a, she took a picture of him and it was it was Dylan O'Brien. And so... <laughs> so cute. It's not so cute. I know. How do you not know how to mail something? He's so adorable. That's honestly terrifying, but it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, we're going to move over to TLDR. Mercedes and I just like to summarize the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Knocked Up, you can watch it on TBS, TNT, or you can rent it on Amazon. So when TV producer slash personality Allison, played by Katherine Heigl, gets a promotion, she decides to celebrate with her sister, played by Leslie Mann, by going to a club. There, she just happens to meet Ben, played by Seth Rogen, for lack of a better word, is a man-child. While Allison is very career-oriented and a type A personality, Ben just struggles to take life seriously or really commit to anything. Preferring to get high and just mess around all day with his less-than-favorable roommates, Ben and Allison could not be more different. But of course, when you throw alcohol into the mix, all bets are off. So Allison and Ben end up sleeping together, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we get our beloved title from. As you suspected, Allison becomes pregnant, and after a ton of back and forth with each other and friends and family, Allison decides to keep the baby, and Ben decides to stay around to support her and the baby, much to the chagrin of Allison's sister, whom she lives with, along with her husband, Pete, played by Paul Rudd, the ever-loving Paul Rudd. (laughs) Over the course of Allison's pregnancy, you see both her and Ben start to fall in love with each other. In true rom-com fashion, of course, reality hits when Allison actually realizes that Ben is just not serious enough. 
After some time apart, some reflection, and lots of weed and bad advice, Ben <laughs> ends up being there for Allison in the end when they have their baby. Let the co-parenting begin. this is a 2007 film written and directed by the one and only judd apatow and if you do not know the goat of comedy i literally can't help you i'm like not even gonna bother saying his movies because everyone walking this planet should know judd apatow (laughs) by now yeah by now exactly but there's just like so much about this movie that i loved i think the first thing is that this whole relationship is actually based off of judd and leslie mann's marriage and life because they're actually married in real life (laughs) and like many of the scenes in large part based off of like their experience with their first kid mod abadal who we all know from euphoria now but are also like the two kids in the movie are their kids too and i just think that's so i love that (laughs) i do too abadal is so good at just like keeping his crew together like even from like freaks and geeks and beyond Mm -hmm. you know like he always has his close friends and his family just like filling his roles Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that because it's like adam sandler like all his close ones are getting a check which i like (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly and it's so funny too because like all the characters of ben's roommates like they all use their real first name so you have martin Starr, jason siegel jay marichel jonah hill (laughs) this whole comedy troupe is my favorite there is nothing there's not a single movie that these guys have done that i have not laughed my butt off of like (laughs) so good also i found that funny that this was seth rogan's first leading role like he was super young at this and it's funny because i think so young yeah i feel like seth rogan was born like 37 (laughs) yeah because even in the movie when he when they say he's 23 i'm like yeah it's not 23 he's never been 23 (laughs) and it's like i can't imagine seth rogan like when his voice finally drops like he's saying even in freaks and geeks i'm like you are not a teenager yeah a lie (laughs) it's so funny okay last last fun fact the club that Ben and Allison meet in is actually called Plan B, and it's a real oh my club. God. <laughs> That's just foreshadowing what's to come. <laughs> oh, I love that. The symbolism. The symbolism, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to move over to Time Capsule Overseas, and i just like to recall where we were when this movie came out. What was this, like 10, oh my God, 15, 15 years, years ago? I'm bad with math. 15 years ago, this movie yeah. came out. What were you doing? Okay, so like, I have no memory of the first time I saw this movie. Yep. I definitely know it wasn't in theaters. I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So I definitely saw it on the E Network, and <laughs> which censors out so much, so many scenes. Yeah. So all the movies that I've seen on the E Network, I'll watch them like when they're streaming, like mm-hmm. in recent years now. And I'm like, what do you, what? I don't remember mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And there's so many parts that I'm like, I've, I've never seen this part. <laughs> and I think this happened. That definitely happened with this movie when I rewatched it a couple of years ago, too. Mm-hmm. And now I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, just like yep. on TV, streaming, whatever. Yep. And I just, yeah, it's one of those that I've just seen a ton. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everyone knows I like to talk about my high school experiences. All of these, all these movies that we do, Mercedes, they take place. Um, they in high school have, yeah. I yeah. never get to talk about my high school experience. There's been like one. <laughs> what years were you in high school? I think I graduated in 2014. Mm-hmm. So like, I think I, I guess I started that fall in freshman year of 2010. Yeah. Okay. 2010. Okay. So I was 2006 to 2010. That was my high school career so okay so you uh, you were a senior when i was in eighth grade are we really that far apart i feel like just four okay. it sounds like a lot when you yeah. like, <laughs> like in high school years yeah yeah high school years it's a lot <laughs> not to bring the mood down but i've talked about you know how i had a really tough time in high school just 
with kids bullying and, and being mean. But I just remember this movie came out the summer after my freshman year, which was just a particularly hard time for me. I had this friend. She had such a big mouth. She literally knew ev- she was like Gretchen Wieners, just was in everyone's oh business, knew everything about everyone. And I remember she called me and this was literally right after classes ended. So we were out for the summer and she just sat me down on the phone for like 45 minutes, which was a long time. When that is a like long time. Or 15. And she just told me the crap that everyone talked about me the entire year. Like What? Why would she ever do that? Beginning, just. She was just like, I just want, she was, it was, it was, it was always something the guys are like, I just want you to know. I just thought you should know, you know? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I hate people like that. They're just like, I just want you to know that someone was talking shit about you. Yeah, so like, exactly. Actually, you didn't have to tell me at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it still stays with me, right? That conversation still stays totally. with me. Totally. And like, I definitely didn't see this in theaters because it was rated R. And I remember because this came out before 8 Mile. And 8 Mile was the first rated R movie that I didn't get to see. But my sister saw it with my parents. Oh, like, my God. She had to go with my Bob. And it was just like, <laughs> I wasn't old enough to watch radar movies yet, but I definitely saw this before college. So I think like you, I watched it. It was streaming on TV and all of the like sexual parts were censored out. So it was fine. Right. <laughs> it was, it was fine. I feel like, okay, so if you were in, if I was in freshman year, then what were you like in fifth grade? I had just finished fifth grade because this came out June 1st, okay. 2007. So I was 11. I just finished fifth grade the summer before I started middle school. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be like my first time at a different school where my parents weren't teaching. And my brothers were just born. They were born in March 2007. So the same age as this movie, which is psychotic. It's so great. <laughs> That's how I know the anniversary of this movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, 15. And <laughs> yes, yeah, so they were a couple months old. I was definitely just playing soccer and basketball and dancing and swim team and tennis. I was busy. And then I was just obsessed with Zac Efron because the High School Musical 2 came out in August 2007 Mm -hmm. so I was gearing up to it that whole summer I was like I'm ready Disney Channel when they're showing all the summer movies and you get to Mm -hmm. vote online this is my favorite thing (laughs) yeah did you actually go and vote online I don't think I ever did I would go online with my dad and we'd like pick it together (laughs) love it love it love it oh gosh freshman year it's just so funny because I just feel like I I feel like that summer I just tried to stop caring so much about what people thought about me after that conversation. Um, that's so I, early on to like have that. I don't know. I feel like that's so young to be like, I'm going to like not care about what people think, which is oh, so. It didn't work. It didn't work. I was I was like, I'm going to try. And then like it didn't work. I went back. I went right back to school in September. It was like, oh, my God, I'm all self-conscious. <laughs> I, yeah, that's still me sometimes now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I had a really big crush. Oh, my gosh. Why am I just out blanking on his name? Lucas Lucas Till? Lucas Till. Lucas Till. What was he? He's like, he's a, I think you would know him from You Belong With Me, the Taylor Swift. Oh, my gosh. Was he in the Hannah Montana movie? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes I know him. I think I, I can't remember. I think I had a crush on him. <laughs> it's a good crush. Oh my gosh, he was so cute, right? Yeah. Lucas Till, slide into my DMs. I can't tell you. Yeah, oh. catch up. Oh my God. <laughs> Y'all, your girl is painstakingly single out here. Please, someone slide in my DMs. All right, guys, we're going to move over to the Rob Com Hall of Fame. But of course, first it is, we have to talk about what does not work in this movie. Tell me what some of your rose star. So I have some long, long ones, but mm-hmm. they're major. So okay. the first one, the sexism, first and foremost. This mm-hmm. movie was a large factor in the Katherine Heigl blacklisting in Hollywood. Um, we touched on this before in the 27 Dresses episode that in 2008 she made comments critiquing this character and her Grey's Anatomy character. And this, these specific comments were also made by critics, too, 
just about how she just played this unpleasant, unfunny woman in this movie about her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And the men are all depicted as like these goofy childlike adults. They are the comic relief when she's just like pregnant and inconsistent with her character. You don't really know if she wants to have this baby truly, if she's like ready for this. Like you never get her internal monologue at all or her point mm-hmm. of view. Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating because her comments were valid. Like she said, this is kind of sexist. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think this is pretty blatant. Seeing women as miserable and humorless and even Leslie Mann, who's so hilarious in this movie, especially compared to Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd, who were like truly the comic relief. Like her comedic timing kind of goes under the radar a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. You even get more substance from like all the stoner crew, you know, like all his roommates. You get more into their life than you do Allison at all. Like by the end, you don't really know Allison when this is a story about her journey with this baby like we should know everything about her mm-hmm. so that, that's annoying to me what do you have to say I hear you gosh there is this I actually really kind of regret watching this video on TikTok now because I cannot get it out of my head I heard this saying on TikTok that I feel like I cannot unhear now it is said if a woman's first child is a girl she had some maturing to do if it's a boy she needed to know the true meaning of love and now every single one of my friends or people that I know that have girls, I'm like, yeah, you had some maturing to do. And I, I see that a bit in Allison's character of just like her needing to like have control or like having things like a certain way. Because, you know, obviously that's not what life is about. It's just so interesting, that concept of like nothing will mature a woman faster than raising a mini version of herself. And I just think of like <laughs> all of my friends who have had boys, like they've all gone through some stuff, right? But that have made them like very strong individuals and now they need to know the true me of love. And I feel like it's just kind of blown my mind. I hear 100% what you're saying about Allison. And I guess, you know, because I'm watching this movie and I'm laughing the whole time. And the, my core reason for watching this movie is because I like the whole Apatow crew. I guess I've kind of always overlooked the the perceived sexism of the women that are portrayed in this movie. And it's very interesting, too, because it's a movie about pregnancy that has a lot of commentary and opinions of men and obviously right now that's a sensitive time because in the united states if we have any listeners overseas like (laughs) you know we overturned roe versus wade and it's just been a really hard time it was leaked that they're going to that they're planning like the whole yeah yeah and it's just it's a hard time right now also this i mean i feel like this movie was also foreshadowing something totally yeah i just i feel i feel like i can't get that out of my head and now whenever i watch like I, I meet someone or watch a movie, I just think of like, what is it that you have to mature about? Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I had <laughs> never heard anything like that before. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like if you took the time to like look back on all the people, you know, it, what you think it would be. Anyways, it's just been it's just been a common theme in my life. So <laughs> I'm going to think about that yeah, for a little while. <laughs> Another thing, like you said, this timing of this recording also kind of goes along with the current events of Roe versus Wade right now. Mm-hmm. And I recently read an article that came out in May from The Atlantic by Megan Garber, where she used this movie and its 15 year anniversary to examine the country's relationship with abortion and reproductive health. 
And I urge everyone to read it. It's really good. I have a media studies background, so I love any article or essay that blends pop culture and political criticism in a way that makes it a lot more digestible. And it's a really good case study, too. I thought it would just be like really interesting to bring up since we're talking about this movie on its 15th anniversary. So this article explains how surprisingly conservative this storyline is because of the fact that we don't see Allison's point of view that I mentioned of her own decision. We hear everybody else, her parents, his family, friends, everybody talk about what she should do with her body, but we never see her in her monologue. All we do see is the pain and struggle she endures during the pregnancy journey. And whether that be like like stress from like pregnancy and stress from like her relationship, all of those mm-hmm. things. And this is an R-rated raunch alt comedy Avatar movie about an unplanned, unwanted pregnancy, really, at the beginning. And they don't even utter the words abortion, really. The closest they get is shmushmorshin yeah which is nuts to me because this is a movie that like i don't know apatow pushes the like envelope a lot with his comedy and i think we expect that but since they don't even say the word abortion correctly even they use it as like some hidden thing it emphasizes the shame within the word and i think that's really interesting because that's kind of the same way that it's talked about in the political sphere you never hear the word abortion you hear like bodily autonomy mm-hmm. and all these other words that are like supposed to imply that so that's really what garber talks about and then there's this quote that i really liked at the end where she says as allison becomes a mother will ben be able to become a father these are the questions that animate the movie allison's role along the way is blandly maternal by giving birth to this baby knocked up implies she is helping ben the man child become a man so I don't know it's just it's such a good article I don't do it justice so please read it if you have the time it's so good absolutely you know what I said is you're you're so insightful when you think of things like this and I always feel lame going after you because no 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 but I think that's why we work because you think about it so in depth and I think about it more on the surface level so I feel like we attack it from both sides I don't think either of us think about it from the surface level. I think we both just have such different avenues of analyzing these movies, which is mm-hmm. what makes it work, you know? And, like, I never listen to your points being like, oh, that's nothing compared to mine. No, like, you're always sharing information from a different point of view that I wouldn't have thought of before on my own. Yeah, I definitely think about it also from a very personal point of view because, like, there's yeah. a there's a line where Pete says, um, once you have kids, all your hopes and dreams go out the window. And I just feel like, This is a really negative mentality that we as millennials have adapted that I don't personally subscribe to. I don't think my life is going to be over once I have kids. There's a part of me actually that feels like a part of me has not been awakened yet because I don't have kids. And like when I become a mother, like that part is going to be awakened. Like that's something I'm looking forward to in my life. But I understand things get more difficult. But I think, too, you do you remember that article where the Pope came out and said he wished like our generation stopped having pets and started having kids? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah do you remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's this, it's this mentality of like, my life is going to be over. I can't have happiness. I can't do X, Y, and Z because I'm going to have kids. Kids make things a bit more difficult, but they don't make things impossible. I, I just don't like that mentality. I want to throw it out the window. Um, no, I don't like that either. Especially, I think we see most of those comments from men in media, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, that's definitely... And that's the same comment of, like, oh, yeah, once you get married, life is over. Like, all mm-hmm. these things that are, like, supposed to be really important, special things to, yeah. to individuals. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do it and partake and, like, go down that road, then, like, you should love it. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. I used to I used to subscribe to the magazines Teen People and Seventeen. Um, oh, same. Up, yeah. <laughs> so I read so many articles in there. 
And so Debbie makes a comment that Ben and Allison's kids are going to have bad genes because Ben is overweight. Yeah. And I just remember reading in that article that, like, men subconsciously will not date women based off of how they think they're going to look in the future. Right? And I remember that moment thinking, like, oh, gosh, I would never want to bring a guy home to my mother because, you know, my mother is is overweight. And I just always remember thinking, I don't want a guy to not... <laughs> this is so stupid. Like, honestly, what are those magazines teaching us in the first place? Yeah, like, why did they ever... <laughs> uh, and those are the things that stick with you when you're really young. You're like, oh, I need to believe this. This is mm-hmm. fact. Exactly. And then you think about it later and you're like, why did this stick with me at all? Yeah, it's so impressionable, Ugh. especially at that age, right? Like, at the age yeah. I was reading it, I was consuming information. And so it's something that's always in the back of my head. Of, you know, men will not date you if they think you're going to look a certain way when you are a certain age. And I'm like, that's BS. Like, obviously now, as an adult, yeah. like, that's BS. But, like, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> there was this thing on TikTok that came up a few months ago that my friends and I had, like, a lot of discussions about, about how men don't choose to marry the woman that they, like, really love. They choose the woman that they, like, that they think it's, like, the right time to be married. Mm-hmm. That's when they yeah. choose. And I, that, to me, is just, like, that sits in my brain every day. I'm like, that is yeah. insane. Yeah. Crazy. Did you see the thread on Twitter of, like, all the men responding to that prompt and yes, saying? Yes. Yeah. so embarrassing. <laughs> God, it's pathetic. They're yeah. just like, I have a long loss of. I'm like, I'm sorry. That is such loser behavior. I, <laughs> God, yeah. get it together. I know. And it just makes me sad, too. I think just being older, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be married quickly because I don't want to be someone's second choice. I don't want to be someone's like, oh, I settled for this person because the person I actually loved, I wasn't ready to get married, but now that I'm ready to get married and you're in front of me, let's just get married. Like, I don't want It's very, it's very stressful. But you're such a lover of love that I don't ever (laughs) think that you would fall under like a spell like that. (laughs) I hope not. Because sometimes like guys can be so thwarting with their emotions. Like you, you never know. You just, you never know. I will say that the last thing about the the last roast I have for this movie is Adam Scott plays the male nurse that is like helping Mm -hmm. Allison. And he, he like tells her to tone it down because she's good. She's freaking out other, all the other moms that are about to give birth by screaming. And I was like, you try pushing a eight pound baby through a 10 centimeter dilated yeah. canal and tell me that that does not hurt. <laughs> exactly. And here's this control freak woman. Her doctor isn't there. I would mm-hmm. be panicking. Yes. I'd be the exactly. worst patient. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst. It is the worst. Uh, good insight, Mercedes. I like talking about this one with you. Good insight. All right, guys, we're going to move over to quotability. I just, oh gosh. There are so many things in here that are just iconic. So many lines in this movie are my favorite, and I think they're hilarious, but they're also inappropriate, and I would not be caught dead repeating them myself. <laughs> but I always I always laugh at Craig Robinson, who plays the bouncer <laughs> at the club. Oh, yes. And he's like, I'm only allowed to let in 5% black people. He said that, 5%. I mean, if it's 25 people here, I get to let in one and a quarter black people. So I got to hope it's a black midget in the crowd. He's so good when he's just like, hey, I'm not letting you in because you're old. <laughs> I love it. What is yours, Mercedes? Mine is Maude Apatow's legendary explanation of where babies come from, where she's like, Well, I think a stork, he, um, he drops it down, and, and then a hole goes in your body, and there's blood everywhere coming out of your head, and then you push your belly button, and then your butt falls off, and then you hold your butt, and you have to dig... And you find a little baby. And you're like, 
excuse me? And they're all just staring at her. And she's just so proud. And that's how you knew she was going to be great. Yeah. I wonder if that was scripted or she actually thought, like, her dad was just like, sweetie, tell us where you think babies come from. And then he just, like, started recording. Honestly, she was so young. It may have just been ad lib. Yeah, I know. Seriously. All right, Mercedes, if this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, are you swiping left or are you swiping right? So, I don't know. I've seen this movie a lot, and while it does make me laugh, I think instead of swiping, I would just exit the app, yep. you know, and, like, leave it for later. <laughs> I've rewatched this so many times, and I laugh and I enjoy myself, but I also understand that the flaws in it are just so blatant and as i get older i think i just want more from this movie and it can't obviously provide me with that because it's from 15 years ago and i think that's the thing with a lot of these movies like some of them just don't age with you yeah and that's that's okay too and i think that's a good sign though because it shows that you are changing with the times and you are maturing on your own and it's funny how you can measure that with movies so i know uh, i love that i love that too (laughs) so guiltily i am i am swiping right as i said i cannot even express this enough to you i love the whole apatow crew every movie like any of them have been in that i've seen like even jay barichell like saying doing the voice of hiccup and how to train your dragon one two and three i love those are some of my favorite movies i just think these guys are some of the funniest people walking the planet and i just feel very honored to be alive during the time that they are in their in their glory (laughs) i also felt Like if uh, and any of them, like Seth Rogen, Jay, Jonah Hill, Craig, if I can meet any of them. I met Craig Robinson, love. actually. And it was. <laughs> I did. I met I love like, Jonah. Yeah. Jonah's Jonah. Jonah's great. And I love his range, too, as an actor. Like, he, he's not just comedy. Like, yeah. He can do Moneyball. And it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. I also felt like with the personal aspect that Judd Apatow included in this film. It was just very innovative. It was an innovative way to approach comedy in a sense. Like to be able to reflect on your life during such pivotal times and find the comedy in it, that requires, in my opinion, like a lot of self-awareness. And it's something that I really appreciate as a viewer. So yeah, I'm swiping right on this one. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, time for couples therapy. Mercedes and I, because we are pros, we like to just give advice on <laughs> to the people on how they can improve their relationship. And I just... I have I have some thoughts. I got some thoughts. Same. Ben just definitely needs to grow up and take responsibility. Again, it blows my mind that he's meant to be 23 in this movie. Obviously, when I was 23, like I was working, I was I was like going out. I was just being a young 20 year old. And it must be hard to have a baby at that time. Like, I have no idea how he plans on supporting himself, getting a job since he's in the country illegally. And I just yeah. have so many questions. Unfortunately, some of the things Ben needs to work on just won't be solved by maturing. Like, there are legal mm-hmm. issues here. Like, Ben needs a lawyer. Ben, get a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He stresses me out so much. And there's just nothing endearing to me about these adult, child, forever kid type yep. men. Yep. I'm never going to find it cute. I'm never going to find Like, yeah, it's comical for a second. Mm-hmm. But I just, like, if you don't have your life together... And I understand being 23, you don't have your life together, but you also have a baby on the way. Yeah. So get it together. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) yeah, pick it up fast. And like being goofy and being irresponsible or unreliable or just like not synonymous, like you can be silly and also be responsible. I think that there is a huge problem with like him and his friends in this movie where they're like, if you grow up, you have to leave all the fun behind. Mm -hmm. And I just hate that narrative. I don't know. It sucks the fun out of life. 
I almost feel like Pete was the adult version of Ben. Pete yeah. is who Ben becomes if he decides to mature and get his life together. And like that scares him because he sees his life and he's like, you must be miserable, dude. Like, I really like that part where Pete is talking about how Debbie just loves him and wants to be around him. And he like can't mm-hmm. accept love because that's a huge part of even maturing is like, can you accept the love that's around you? Can you accept the love from the people that are closest to you? Because like love really does change us. Yeah. And he was like actively avoiding her and yeah. like running from it in yeah. any way that he could. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for Allison <laughs> and Debbie, <laughs> honestly, in this yeah. like era of their marriage too. <laughs> it's obviously like this isn't the ideal situation. It's commendable that she does see the good in Ben. Because he's not bad. It's just that his immaturity is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think when you're about to undertake the most important, most important role of responsibility ever of like caring for another human for 24-7 for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you just need like to be as secure in like wherever space you are and know that you have people around you because it can't just be you alone anyway. Like you need reliable yeah. people. Yeah. And to trust somebody like him, I know he like gets better and he like learns a little bit. He gets his own place, but still like there needs to be consistency there. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like for Allison, this is so hard because being pregnant is incredibly stressful. Allison is just such a type A personality. She works hard. She's very motivated and driven and she and she likes control. And I think in a partnership, it requires a lot of compromise. And I hope she learns how to do that. I understand in this capacity, it is hard because she is pregnant. It's stressful. Her body is changing. Her hormones are are all over the place. But if her and Ben want to make it work long term, compromise is required. And so I hope that Definitely. that's a place she's able to reach. Okay, so I'm very curious what you think their love language is. Because when we talk about rom-coms, we often talk that Acts of service is a big one, and it's also like the driving and motivating factor and pushing the story forward in a rom-com. Yeah. So what do you think their love languages are? So I think Allison needs acts of service, and she also gives acts of service. Mm-hmm. And Ben needs words of affirmation. He's so insecure and just needs the verbal reassurance. And he's also just young. I think that also <laughs> plays a role in it, too. And I think he gives quality time. All he does is hang out. <laughs> And, like, chill. <laughs> so, like, he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. Uh, 100%. <laughs> and, it, again, it's so interesting. Every character that we analyze, one of them always has acts of service as a, as a love. Yeah, I think we've only had, like, one movie with that acts of service. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's very crazy, but it's also very interesting. I love it. I love it. All right. Does this couple last in five years? I personally say not for a hot second. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love Seth Rogen. Ben is an interesting character. I do not understand Allison's attraction to Ben whatsoever. I think these two could not be more opposite. It's not even in the cute way of like opposites attract. It's like it almost feels like said. Yeah. Oh, it completely is. <laughs> yeah. I love Seth Rogen. Ben is just he stresses me out as a character. <laughs> as a character. And like for me, I'm like, Allison, get out of there. <laughs> like, there's this meme that's a Demi Lovato quote or something where they're like, get a real job. Get away. Stay away from her. And that's how I feel. <laughs> that's what I want to tell Ben. <laughs> I 100% agree. All right, guys. Time for a heartthrob. I want to know, Mercedes. 
Who are you taking home to introduce to your friends and your family? Okay, I'm saying Pete only because I love Paul Rudd. I don't like Pete as a character, but <laughs> how can you not like Paul Rudd? I don't. I like he's so annoying as Pete, like lying about like going to your little weird fantasy football, fantasy baseball, whatever he's doing. So annoying, but. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like whenever I think of Paul Rudd, I think of a, a chocolate lab puppy. I don't know why. <laughs> he has these puppy eyes almost. And I think it's because his hair is dark. He reminds me of a chocolate lab and they're just so cute. It's so it's so sweet. And I I love. Yeah. OK. P is definitely P is definitely my heartthrob, but it's mostly because Paul Rudd. Just uh, I just love him. He's just it so is so funny. <laughs> It's so funny because I'm always like, don't infantilize these adult men. Like, that's always my biggest gripe with this. But then when I see Paul Rudd, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard not to. It is really hard. Yes. Don't even get me started. We we got to do Clueless at some point in the future, but don't get oh me started. Oh my God. I cannot wait till we do Clueless. <laughs> yes. All right. Mary Smooch goes. Who are you marrying? Who are you smooching? And who are you ghosting? Okay. Between Ben, Pete, and Jason. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd marry Pete. I'd smooch Jason and I'd ghost Ben. Hmm. Mercedes, this is a rare occurrence. I have to agree with you there. I am marrying Pete. I am smooching Jason. I am ghosting that. I love when this happens. I do too. It is rare, but it's always so wonderful when it does. Before we wrap up, listeners, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. And I just love that uh, Paul Ryan and Seth Rogen were reunited for that Super Bowl commercial. It's just like, have you seen it? It's the best Mm -hmm. thing ever. It's just comforting to see them together. It really is. It really is. Yeah. What's yours? Okay, so this was not the only pregnant movie to premiere in 2007. Mm-hmm. Juno came out this same year, mm. and it tells a wonderful story about choice and teenage pregnancy. And also, Waitress came out in 2007. So it's just th- three pregnancy movies in one year. That's crazy. And it's also the year my brothers were born. So a lot of pregnancy <laughs> happened. A lot of pregnancy. <laughs> Wait, what is and- Waitress? Oh my gosh, Waitress! It, well, it's now a musical. I don't know what's if it's still on, but it's so good. And it's just about this waitress. Yeah, she's in a marriage she doesn't like, and it's all themed like narrated through the pie she bakes. So like when she's emotional, she makes another pie, mm. and it's so cute. I forget who's in it, but yeah. And then she actually gets pregnant, and a, lo- a lot of stuff going on. It's a good one. Yes, Carrie Russell's in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I gotta. I gotta but check it out. I, I have a little point about pregnancy movies. Have you ever Mm -hmm. noticed that in almost every birth scene in a movie, the woman is screaming while the doctor's like, it's too late for an epidural. (laughs) Like, why do movies emphasize natural birth so much? Like, that none of them want any of us to have, like, a comfortable birth experience. Yep. It's crazy. It's so weird. I never noticed that. And it's interesting that you noticed that. But, yeah, that is... Oh, and you know what's really interesting, too, is that there's a lot of, like, documentaries and commentary coming out about how the medical industry just wants to drug you up when it comes to, like, having a baby. I've had a lot of friends who have had babies, but there was someone I worked with specifically who told me she did not pay off her kid, like, giving birth to her kid until the kid was four years old. So. Oh, my God. Nobody talks about any of that. Oh, it's a mess. Exactly. It is such a mess. I also feel, okay, so Seth Rogen has started a company called Houseplants. That yes. uh, sells wheat and home goods. And if that is not the adult version of Ben, I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you follow him on TikTok? Oh, uh, Seth Rogen? Yeah. No, I don't follow celebrities on TikTok, but. Uh, no, I... his is, he doesn't like TikTok his face or anything. He just shows the pottery he makes and like all the ashtrays he makes that like inspired his company. <laughs> that is how Ben earns an income. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. He makes ashtrays. <laughs> 
All right, listeners, we want to know your thoughts. Do you like this movie? What do you feel like the commentary is? Do you feel like it hits really close to home with what's happening in the United States right now? Make sure to slide into our DMs at MeCute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ken10Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGV11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.